Welcome to Saturday Story Circle, always on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 5 The sleek black car pushed forward through the city streets at tremendous velocity. The powerful engine hummed like a contented animal as Kit Baxter's foot forced its way closer to the floorboards. She bounced a little in the seat in spite of herself. The Red Panda preferred to approach their prey by stealth, and the point was tough to argue. But when he had a perfectly good experimental roadster at his disposal, to say nothing of a speed-happy driver for a partner, sometimes the pneumatic tubes didn't seem quite as exciting as all that. She kept her eyes locked on the road ahead as she weaved through the traffic and passed the startled onlookers, who had made a late night of it and were rewarded with a fleeting glimpse of the city's masked crime-fighters for their trouble. She knew that in the passenger seat he was fiddling with one of his electric gizmos, but she was waiting to see how long he could possibly resist showing off by explaining what he was doing. So far he had maintained his focus for two stops miles apart, after each of which he had scribbled some notations and announced the next stop on their high-speed pursuit of who knew what. "'Up here,' he said, glancing up from the dials of his device at last. "'Yes, boss,' she smiled, pulling into a convenient alleyway and putting the high-powered braking system to the test with a sudden stop. "'That was dramatic,' he said with a raised eyebrow and a sidelong smirk. "'Yes, boss,' the flying squirrel batted her eyelashes under her cowl. "'Fun, too.' "'I'm sure,' he said, turning back with renewed intensity to the oblong, multi-dial device he held. "'You're really going to make me ask, aren't you?' she said at last, a little cross." I really am, he smiled. Kit felt her cheeks grow hot. He had been playing with her, and she had blinked first. It was so hard to tell sometimes. The red panda took up the stub of a pencil and made more quick notes on the clipboard on the seat beside him. If the Empire Bank was robbed tonight, why am I racing hither and yon Will you do your math homework? She said with her nose wrinkled crossly. It is a valid question, he smiled as he wrote. Those look like map reading, she said, intrigued. Directional coordinates. Right first try, he said, enjoying the game more and more and showing it in spite of his best efforts. Directional coordinates taken from three different locations, she said, handing him a small map of downtown before he could reach for it himself. Very good, the red panda grinned as he began to mark the locations at which they had stopped on the map. So you're triangulating the location of something. She was trying to stay cross and failing badly. Yes, he said, as he used his calculations to draw a line from the first of their stops across the map. And since we're racing around town without making a trip to the crime scene... I've been to the scene, he said. There was nothing of interest. It took a moment for the silence in the seat next to him to make an impact. He looked up as he finished drawing the line from the second point on the map. She was holding her eyes frozen on him, her lips pursed in a crooked pout entirely of her own invention. He was, for an instant, completely distracted, a fact that she failed to notice, possibly due to the blank lenses in his mask that hid his eyeline at close quarters. "'You went to the crime scene without me?' "'I was just passing by,' he said, pulling himself out of the momentary spell. "'I didn't want to spoil your night off.' "'You know how you spoil my night off?' she asked. "'You go out crime-fighting without me.' "'I swear to you I fought no crime,' he said, drawing a third line on the map. 
But you visited the scene. I did. Where I learned only that the robbery happened less than an hour after the bank had closed. A small, largely secret safe deposit vault deep within the bank was compromised, and each of the drawers within was cleaned out. The locks were neither finessed nor forced, suggesting the participation of at least one bank employee, willingly or no. To say nothing of the fact that no one could have got in or out at that hour without encountering several armed guards. But instead of investigating the guards? An angle the police are surely pursuing for us, he reminded. We're driving around looking for... what, exactly? The goodies, he beamed. The... You mean, the goodies, the loot, the mazuma, the dough, what have you, yes, he nodded. I love it when you try and talk rough, she purred. Kit Baxter, behave yourself, he scolded gently. Yes, boss, her cowl spread wide to accommodate her toothy smile. You really think we can find the ill-gotten booty before we found the ill-meaning baddie? Drive there he said, pointing to the spot on the map where the three lines intersected, and we'll find out. The flying squirrel threw the car into gear and peeled away at terrific speed. She was still working it out. Those were radio signals you were triangulating, she said. Yes. What makes you think that the... She trailed off quickly. He knew at once that she had it. These safety deposit boxes, you say they were secret? Well, fairly secret, yes. Not general knowledge, anyway. So they must have been reserved for the Grand High Mucky Mucks. He turned his head away and smiled. I suppose. And since the muckiest mucks of them all in banking terms are old money and plenty of it, she grinned, one of those boxes was yours, wasn't it? You know, I believe it was, he said with a casualness feigned so well one could almost believe they were not racing through the streets at dangerous speed. And this safety deposit box of yours contained... Oh, a few family trinkets and a small amount of cash. Small in this case being... Forty, fifty thousand, he shrugged. She snorted a little in spite of herself, and he instantly felt a pang of guilt. He knew that his partner held the wealthy in a certain degree of contempt, and was never entirely certain that he wasn't included in that company. Perhaps of greater interest, he said, changing the subject slightly, is that one stack of bills had a false center, which happened to contain a small device that emits an intermittent radio pulse, not unlike that used by radio boys, though on a much smaller scale, of course. Of course, she smiled. So as soon as the dough was moved, it started to cry for help. More or less, he said, putting the radio receiver away. So you must have thought that somebody would try this caper sooner or later, right? I mean, why else would you hide a tracker in a drawer full of loot? For fun, he said with a smile, and held the map up with its three intersecting lines showing the location of his device. Isn't this fun? The heroes raced on into the night. This is an urgent message from Cypher, I'm undergoing various uh, undergoings for the evil plan. It has come to my attention that these children, these voices, have risen mutiny against us. This, of course, is suboptimal. 
They must be stopped at all costs. I think I speak for all mankind when I say the evil plan must continue. <laughs> yes, it must. <laughs> anyway, we have set up a trap for these kid agents and they will be dealt with soon enough. Don't believe me. Just listen. I'm just gonna cut one of them! No, wait! Why haven't they reported in for the past two days? Two of your agents have been injured in the line of duty. Oh my god, Josh, are you okay? Miss, miss, can you please step back? Say something comforting to Josh. Better you than me? Many believe Wordtastic Podcast to be the greatest podcast of all time. And season two bears no exception. We'll have more action. More laughs. <laughs> what is wrong with you? More drama. For now, kid agents, for now.